What's up, guys? It's William here at World of Wally. Um, I want to first of all thank each and every one of you guys for tuning in today. Any new listener we have, glad to have you, and of course, always glad to have our existing listeners. I hope the podcast up to this point have been uh, have been pleasing to listen to. I'm trying to touch on some topics that uh, I think a lot of folks want to hear about. Now today, I want to start off by admitting that I was wrong and I made a mistake. So let's get that out of the way because I got roasted for a misquote that I made on a previous podcast. So let me correct that from the previous podcast at this time. I made a reference to the amount of information that we have and the sadness, it was like an ocean of information and we're drowning in it. That's not exactly how the quote goes. So I wanna correct that quote at this time. The quote is actually from a guy named Richard Paul Evans in a book that he put out called A Step of Faith. And the quote actually reads, What a culture we live in. We are swimming in an ocean of information and drowning in ignorance. Now I'm glad I got that out of the way because that sounds a lot better than what I originally said for sure. Now let's get on to the topic of the day. The snowflake effect. And it's not just an effect, uh, although we see it daily. If you're especially on social media, you see some of the most interesting and absolutely ignorant things that I've ever seen where young people say and do things that they have no justification for. They say it just to be heard and just to be the center of the room is the best way to explain it. I, I went to a real solid source here, the Urban Dictionary, and I looked up the definition of snowflake generation. And this is what the Urban Dictionary says. It says, a snowflake generation is a term used to categorize the current generation of teens and young adults who, became, who become instantly offended by anything they either do not agree with or deem to be politically incorrect. The word snowflake is used metaphorically to convey the fragility of one's sensitivity towards said subject. Which ironically, this definition, um, according to what they just said, this definition ironically would, would offend the snowflakes, the actual definition of that. Now, if you want to kind of go back for some, what I would consider more solid reference, um, the, popular, the popularization of the term snowflake generation, I did a little research on that and I traced it back to a book uh, from 2016 that was written by a lady named Claire Fox. And it says, I find that offensive. And that was, it was a book written on the premise of a student uh, authority figure, a student professor uh, confrontation that went on uh, in 2015. And it was written about in 2016. So that's kind of the basis to kind of the, or the infancy of the snowflake generation term actually came from. Now, the snowflake um, moniker the biggest thing about it is it's not defined to just one generation. You know, there's generational tags. For example, I'm a Generation X guy. Uh, there's, you know, Generation Y, Generation Z, the Millennials. There's plenty of, of different uh, generational uh, references or monikers. The Snowflake moniker, though, it's bled into two different generational groups. It's bled into not only the Millennials, but it's also in Gen Z. The millennials are commonly defined as being born between 1980 and 1996. Generation Z 
is commonly defined as being born between 1997 and 2012. The problem is both of these groups have been infected with the snowflake mentality. Now, I, I was wondering how it got to where it did as quickly as it did. So like I said, I, I jumped on some extremely credible sources, uh, you know, stuff like Wikipedia. And after reading up quite a bit that was on there, this is what I came up with. Now, I had heard this, and I thought this was an urban legend, and I actually went back to check it to see, and I actually found it in the, the movie that I'm about to reference. Uh, you know, where did this mindset catch traction? Um, you know, not officially, but popular public opinion had always attributed it to a reference from a 1996 novel by Chuck uh, Palahniuk, uh, Fight Club, which was later turned into a 1999 film adaptation which starred Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Now, I'd seen that movie before, and I don't know if it's just because I wasn't paying that close attention or I, it just slipped past me, but there actually is an actual reference which looks to be the birthplace of the snowflake term and the snowflake mentality. Now, following the film, uh, the, the two terms that were popularized by it were special snowflake and special snowflake syndrome. And like I said, after that movie, although it, was, it has been used in the past to praise an individual or a student or uh, you know, something positive they did, uh, the movie uh, ended up giving the snowflake term a very negative connotation. Uh, this terminology referred uh, people that believed that they had a uniqueness that others did not possess, which destined them for great success, deserving of a special career with abundant praise and admiration. Now, I know Wikipedia is not the best place to go looking for research. So I continued to research it to see what I could find. And this is what I found. It's according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary. In the 2000s, Snowflake referred mostly to millennials who allegedly were overly convinced of their own status as special and unique people to be able or bothered to handle the normal trials and travails of regular adult life. Now that, in a nutshell, is what an actual snowflake is. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty well defined here. Um, everything that when I see or I'm given an example of what snowflake action is or snowflake mentality, that's if I reference that definition, that would make me believe that, yes, that's... That's a pretty solid definition because it kind of encapsulates everything about a snowflake or people that are deemed snowflakes. Now, saying all that, before we get into the uh, the next section of the uh, of the podcast, I've got special guests going to be coming in, Mr. Nathan McKenzie. But before we do that, we want to take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsors. So you guys hang in there. And we'll be right back with our special guest, like I said, Mr. Nathan McKenzie. Okay, guys, we're back. Uh, before uh, I give uh, Nathan the opportunity to kind of tell us a little bit about himself, I want to go ahead, I'm going to run through 
some of the issues, um, the snowflake issues that he and I are going to discuss here in the next few minutes uh, after he kind of gives us a little of his uh, back history. So here, here they are. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm going to run through a list of issues that people seem to have with the snowflakes in the world today. Uh, now, full disclosure, most of the issues that we're going to talk about seem to be generated from the older generations. But, you know, there is a small uh, minority uh, within the snowy ranks that also see them as issues. So here are some of the real-world observations for the everyday snowflake. First of all, you don't get a participation trophy. Not everybody is a winner. There are no safe spaces. Screaming doesn't make you right. No one owes you anything. Crying doesn't solve problems. Nothing and I repeat, nothing in this world is free. People are going to say things you don't like. And lastly, you are not special. Alright guys, welcome back. This is William here at World of Wally. Uh, as I promised, special guest today, Mr. Nathan McKenzie. Nathan, how are you doing today? Oh, it's good to be here. Doing I'm well. Glad to have you, brother. I have known Nathan for probably longer than he wants to admit. I've known him since he was a young guy, and he's grown into quite a young man. Um, he just informed me he was born in 1992, so that puts him square in the middle of the millennial group. So I am curious to hear about what his opinion is on some of the things we're about to talk about. You ready to get started, Nathan? Yes, sir. All right, let's get started. Number one. You don't get a participation trophy. Now, were you part of the participation trophy group? Um, we we never did get a participation trophy. So, so you just missed it then. Yeah. I don't really know how that happened because I, I I can remember in, I guess maybe you did just miss it because I remember about 1995 in this area is when it kind of exploded. Um, I know my son, for example, got one in about 99 and he had no idea what it was so he asked what to do with it and i said you do whatever you want to do with it so he took it broke it in half and threw it in the garbage can because he and i um are of the same opinion there are winners and losers in this world and because of that you don't get a trophy just for being there all right so let's move on to the second one uh there are no safe spaces do you have a safe space in your life uh nathan I guess my room, maybe, but uh. You know, when I the first time I read that, uh, I thought back. Everybody, I guess, back through time has had a safe space, and that one safe space is when you could run to your room and you were frustrated with your parents or whoever, and you slammed your door and you turned your music up as loud as you possibly could until yeah. either your mother or your father came beating on the door and told you, "Hey, turn that racket down." Yeah. That's that's no about the only. So you were born in '92. I was not. I was born a little before then. I was about 69 when I was born. But I see it hadn't changed a whole lot. For us, a safe space was just that. It was our room. That's where we retreated, retreated to. Um, you have any friends that have the safe space issue? Uh, I mean, I, I know you probably hang out with a few younger folks. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. You're a big-time businessman now. Maybe you don't. So. No, not really. Uh, it's it's kind of sad. 
What's kind of sad that you don't have friends or you don't have... <laughs> yeah, that. That and right. uh, safe space. Safe space. That is a scary it's concept. Kind of, it's kind of, it? kind of pathetic. All right. Okay, next one. Now, I know you've witnessed this if you haven't actually done it because I know you weren't much of a screamer of types unless, of course, I know uh, from back in the day some of your music stylings, uh, you like some of the screamer-style rock. It says screaming doesn't make you right. Well, it made me right because... I like that type of music, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, but, no, but no. But screaming no. to get your way was not... To get your way is also sad, just like a safe space. I guess that's where they scream in their safe So you have spaces. friends, you have friends that uh, that have younger siblings that, uh, that went through that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Really? Minors, complainers. Really? Yeah. So how did uh, how did your uh, your friend's parents or, or guardians, whoever was in charge of them, how did they handle that? They kind of did they coddle them? Did yes. they give in to them? Oh, they gave in to them. Some so, some did, some didn't. Oh, okay. I was thinking, say, because if you said they did, then maybe screaming does sometimes uh, make you right. It might. All right. Here's another big one. No one owes you anything. Oh, boy. Well, life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. But you know what? I think your parents owe you everything. I think they should oh, yeah. continue to give you stuff until the day you die. Well, or yeah. they die, whichever one comes first. Yeah. But you not believe random in that? strangers, though. Oh, you know, not random strangers. No, no. So, so, so you believe? Let's 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 back up just a second. So you believe? Let's let's use your mom for example. I know your mom, fantastic lady. So you think your mother should continue to supplement your lifestyle until you're fifty years old? Well, I mean, she is her own own person, so. So it's she, her she her shouldn't. choice if she decides to do it. Well, yeah. You wouldn't push the issue. No. But you also wouldn't stop her. Yeah, from I'm not gonna like say no. Uh, you got a brother, Aaron. How, how much difference in age is it, you and Aaron? Four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that puts him. Well, he's born in '96, then. So mm-hmm. he's on the very back edge of millennia. He almost made it in this screamer group, as we call it. Yeah. Almost. It's like a year's difference according to the numbers they gave. So, um, you and him different in y'all's approach? Um, I mean, does he use some of this stuff to manipulate a situation better than you do? No, we were, we were raised old fashioned. Oh, like oh, you're raised yeah. old fashioned. Yeah. Well, I don't, I want to tell you. Good old, good old Southern. You're in, a, you're in a solid minority with, uh, the way the world is going today. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Crying. Doesn't solve problems. You just ain't ever just broken down and just boohooed and sobbed and all of a sudden everything was okay? Um, not really. Really? I kind of Never. Just, I kind of just, you know. Man, you were raised in an oppressed We're state. strong. Yeah. Uh, according it's to like the, the depression. According the to the young people today, you lived in an oppressed state. You should ask for reparations from your parents. That's what you should do. It was like the depression era. In my yeah, house. was it? Yeah. As we talk more and more, yeah. you're getting more depressed by the moment, aren't you? Sandwiches every day. <laughs> no, not sandwiches every oh, day. Every day. Really? <laughs> Next, you're going to tell me you were a three channel kid. You didn't have cable. Now, I know you had cable. We did lose the remote sometimes, so we yeah. had to use the button. Well, you know, the, the scary thing is yeah. when the remote, the few times that my house we had a remote for television and we lost it, guess who was the remote then? This guy. Yeah. Papa. My dad like whacked me on the back of the head and yeah. goes, hey, go change that to channel three mm-hmm. or channel seven or channel 13. 
And that was it. That's all we had. Yeah. You know, but I grew up in the old days. All right. So, uh, let's see. Where'd we go? Crying. Nothing in this world is free. Now, I know you have some opinions on that. Because I know that you feel as a, how old are you? 27. As a 27-year-old young male, currently single. Yes. Currently single. Ladies. Ladies. Like you hear that. Nathan McKenzie. <laughs> single and available. All right. As a single male, well, you do have one thing going against you. You're a single white male. Well, yeah. And that's it's a little harder, you know, to actually scream for for things that you deserve because, you know, mm-hmm. that's just how it is in today's society. Yeah. But as a single male, are you still at home or on your own at this point? I'm going to be moving in pretty soon to a new house. Really? Yeah. Oh, the American dream. I know. I you made it. No, you have no idea what's about to happen to you. No. You're about to put a ball and a chain on you that's going to follow you for about the next 20 to 25 years, if yeah. you're lucky. Thanks for so, terrifying me. Hey, That's... you know how it is, brother? I always share the truth because I learned a long time ago, the truth will always set you free. Always. And if it doesn't, it will depress you to the point that you will just give up and ride it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to share any mistruths with anybody because, trust me, if I'd have gotten the advice that I, at now 50 years old, could have given myself at 20 years old, I'd have made a lot of decisions differently. And I'd be in a lot better shape, especially financially. Mm. All right, so don't get things for free. So you don't want your free cell phone. Oh no! You don't want your free groceries. You don't want your your um. You don't want your free uh, satellite. You don't want your free cable. You don't want your free internet. It'd be nice, but no. You don't want it. Gotta work. L- for let's it, be you know? let's be honest. You want it. Well, yeah. But you realize that there are consequences associated with everything being free. Yes. You're not a big fan of living in a socialist country. Is what you're saying? Oh no. Okay. Free health care? Come on now. Free health care. I know you're 27 you think you're invincible, but 10 years from now it's going to look pretty good. I mean, I don't like it taken out of my check. Every, oh, every oh month. okay. Well, that's the but, whole problem though. It's going to be free. But still. Uh, but you just said it's going to be it's coming out of your check right now. So mm-hmm. you are getting health care. Yeah. Is it affordable health care? Do you consider it affordable? Uh, relatively. Relatively. Yeah. Hmm. It's good. I like that. I was kind of wondering, though, usually the free health care gets everybody. Yeah. They can live without a cell phone or even internet. Well, some of the younger, younger kids can't live without either of those, but they, you know, they, they understand that uh, there's consequences associated with costs. So. Always. Anyway, well, I'm glad to hear that because I was really expecting you to really fight hard for free uh, health care, but... Ah! I, I surprised you, got, you. You got me on that one. I wasn't expecting that one at all. Yeah. All right. People are going to say things that you do not like. This is one of my favorite ones. This The internet is absolutely full of just absolutely moronic examples. It's like, okay if it's going Yeah, we're good. Moronic. Yeah, we're good. Uh, of moronic examples of this very thing. You don't like what I got to say, and what do you do? You shout me down. You disagree. You don't want me to have an opinion because it goes against your opinion. Now, how do you deal with that? Do you have you have uh, people in your life, contemporaries of yours, that that's they honestly believe that they're right all the time, they're never wrong? 
Always, yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you one of those? No. You shook your head kind of convincingly like you wanted me to believe you were not, but I could see it in your eyes. You look like one that's, I'm right, and you're wrong. I'm a salesman. You Customers know, scary, always right. The scary thing is, <laughs> and it's so funny, is this is, actually it's a generational thing. It happens all the time because I know when I was a youth, for example, and when you were a youth, and these youth of today, we were always right. Because mm-hmm. our parents would tell us to do stuff that we knew was absolutely stupid because we knew better. But then as we got a little older, especially me now that I've gotten a lot older and I've gone through kids of my own and now, uh, like I said, I've, I've told them on previous podcasts, I've been working with youth groups and churches for 25 years. I see Dang. a lot of... Da- yeah, I know. Look, you don't have to point out how old I am, brother. Look, I, just because I've been doing that as long as you've been alive, that's not a big deal, okay? But I I see a lot of examples of where I see actual young people believe. They honest to God believe it in their head that they are right even when they're at the at the farthest thing from right. When they're as wrong as wrong can be, there they are. So, and you, you never... I, to be honest with you, I can only remember a couple of examples when you were a younger guy where you ever went through that where you thought you were right. And, you know, I don't know that I ever remembered you, like, espousing that, you know, my mom is an idiot. No. I don't remember that. I remember sometimes when you pointed out that your mom didn't know what she was talking about. And that's, you know, that's got nothing to do with ignorance or uneducation. That's, Sorry, Mom, don't. <laughs> If you're, li- I know you're yeah. probably gonna listen to this. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry about that. Didn't mean to put thanks, that out there. Thanks, William. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> he'll be okay. Oh boy. I promise you, he'll be okay. Not All right. Food tonight. So, yes, you're gonna get food. You just said you're going to a Super Bowl party <laughs> oh, yeah. later with your boss. You know your boss oh, is gonna yeah. feed you. So. Well, it's gonna be okay, man. In the future, listen. All you gotta do, you gotta take some some scraps that are left over home, so you'll have something to nibble away yeah. on later on. All right, so and this is my almost favorite one. You are not special. Now, how many times in your life were you told you were special? And I'm not talking about like being tested special. I'm talking about everybody in your life, your parents, your grandparents, your friends, your family, told you how special you were. Honestly, not. Come on now, look. I know you got some some envy and some jealousy about your brother with all his yeah, uh, all his musical talents. But I mean, you were special. Spe- he's a special. One, you were yeah. special in your own way, though. Well, yeah. Everybody's special, okay. I'm not going to sit here and say that my parents didn't tell me sometime during my life I was special. Um, I'll be honest with you. I did some pretty crazy things that now that I look back on, I think, man, I, I was pretty special. I mean, I. I must have had like a serious mental issue going on at that time in my life to have tried some of the stuff that I tried. Yeah. Now, I'm not, uh, that's kind of a, a confusing comment because it's it it makes the connotation is that nobody has anything special about them. There's a difference between being special and about uniqueness. Special is just somebody telling you that you're, you're amazing, you're awesome, you're great. The like Christ says, it's you're unique. Everybody's unique. So I think it's kind of ironic that the at the title of the, the podcast today is the snowflake effect because just like a snowflake, every snowflake is different. They're all unique to themselves. They're, they always have something a little different about themselves. So 
I'm going to say, I'll cut you some slack on that one, okay? I, if you're if you're 14 years old or 24 years old or even 34 years old, I'm going to cut you some slack on that because that's, that is kind of a misnomer the way it's written because, yeah, yeah you're special. Everybody's, but you're special in a unique kind of way, not just because... You know, yeah, you're you know not, what I'm saying? You're not on a pedestal. You're not the as the old folks would say, you're not the bee's knees. Oh no, you're, no. You're close though. That's a, that's one of your mom's terms. Or maybe, I, feel, I feel like I'm it gonna say it goes all the way back bee's knees probably goes all the way back to your grandparents. So I don't yeah. think your mom would have ever spit out bee's knees. But hey, ask her when you get Clifford, home. Clifford, maybe. I wanna say Mr. Clifford. That's a Mr. Clifford kind of term. He's that's a bee's a, knees, man. Uh Clifford Kendricks is the gentleman he's speaking of. That's his grandfather. He was an outstanding school teacher back knees in the day. Of the bees. I'm actually old enough to remember when Mr. Clifford was a school teacher and he was an outstanding guy. He misses it. He uh and he's also must have an issue, you know, because he, he just told me that he, his grandfather, actually misses teaching school. So oh, yeah. shout out to all the teachers because I know what you guys go through. Y'all need to get paid a million dollars a year to deal with some of the kids that are coming through the system now. So Yeah, definitely. All right. So, um, hey, man, we went through it. I, you didn't give me nearly as much kickback as I thought you would. You're a little more old school than I thought you were. Yeah. It's kind of ironic to, to see a young man that's at your age, 27 years old, squarely in the millennial group, um, you know, you kind of missed out on, on the actual Gen Z group, but you do know some from the Gen Z area. Oh, yeah. And you find it as funny and as ironic as I do some of the things that they do. Clearance. You and I both see stuff on the Internet all the time, and it's like, what in the world are these folks thinking? I try to you stay know, off the Internet. You and I uh, could probably spend a whole podcast length talking about the political ramifications of what this generation, this snowflake generation is going to do to us over the next 20 years when it comes to both the, the local and the state and the and the national scene. Uh, we've already seen bits and pieces of it kind of being put in place. Um, you know, we might have to come back together. I, I might even do maybe a little little uh, round table forum, bring in, you know, two or three different representatives from different generations. That might get a little interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd love to find a, a youngster um, that would be articulate enough as yeah. a snowflake rep to come in. I'd love to have a you know a, a millennial in here, and I'd love to have especially a baby boomer, for example. Now that would be a that would be a pretty interesting conversation, especially in the political ring. I'll get my dad. So <laughs> there you go. He's probably listening too. All right, now look, guys. Um, that's that's really all we got for today. I, we're going to cut to a quick break, and when we come back. Um, I'm going to let Nathan, uh, I'm going to give him an opportunity to kind of tell you who he is, what he does, and uh, and then also, you know, he might solicit you to buy a car. You never know this guy. Please this guy's crazy. Please All do. Right, back in a bit, guys. Guys, we're back. Um, glad to have each one of you back. 
Uh, I'm going to, uh, to the episode today with uh, Nathan telling you a little bit about who he is and where he is in his life and what he's got going on. And um, I'm going to turn it over to him at this time. Go ahead, Nathan. Hey, my name is Nathan McKenzie. I am a sales consultant at Matt Gross Ford. If you need a vehicle, just call me at 601-447-7709 or call our business number at 601-731-1953. That's Nathan McKenzie at Matt Groves Ford. All right, Nathan, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. I'd love to have you on somewhere in the future. Like I said, I might even bring you back for that round table that we kind of loosely discussed earlier. Um, got anything you want to say to the audience before you get out of here? No, you about wrapped it up. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, glad to have you today. Yeah, definitely. Good hey, to guys. Uh, glad everybody tuned in today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, and as always, Wally out.